<laughs> what you think? We should get a picture, right? How cute are we? <laughs> yeah, we could have been triplets if Jeremy would have wore his hot pants. <laughs> You guys doing good today? Awesome. Awesome. We're going to continue our sermon series called Spirit Speaks. Spirit Speaks. So we are um, just through the summer allowing the Holy Spirit to just, hey, inspire, inspire some words, inspire uh, what we should say. So usually we'll have sermon series, you know, focusing on certain things. We're just kind of giving just the, hey. Let's just, let's just kind of sit back and take a breather. Um, and so the title of this message is called Sidetracked. I hear, gr- I hear grunting up front already. Oh, oh, okay. She said she was grunting because she was bent over, not because of the title message. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for how good and amazing you are. And it o- is always a joy to be in your house and to be with God our brothers and sisters in the Lord, and uh, God, this is uh, God, a, a holy meeting of us meeting with you and your word, uh, inspiring us and challenging us and, and shaping us and making us more like you. And Lord, we thank you that we can do that. And, uh, and Lord, have a good time. It's just, uh, it's a privilege and honor to be called your sons and daughters. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Sidetracked. So the real question is, how many times will I get sidetracked while preaching this? That would be the... That'll be the, if you know any good preachers, usually rabbit trail, uh, and then they have to kind of get back on uh, task. So uh, just a hypothetical question, but most likely it's not. Have you ever been sidetracked on a project? Have you ever found yourself maybe working on something? Go ahead and put that next slide up, uh, Jordan. Have you ever found yourself working on something and then finding yourself Maybe not bringing it to completion because you actually got sidetracked. Show the next one, please, sir. Maybe, maybe you have a car that's in your garage that you were trying to rebuild an engine. Maybe, maybe you started a house project. And uh, so maybe you have something that needs to be completed. And I'll tell you what, I have tons of projects that I have gotten sidetracked. For example, here's here's one here's one for the church. See you see these you see these beautiful lights right here where these pillars are. You know I had the idea. I'm like you know what? let's mount them up there. That way we don't have any wires and stuff. Guess what? Those mounts are still sitting in the bag, sitting back there behind that curtain. <laughs> so <laughs> project sidetracked. <laughs> another another project. I'm just going to be real because this is this is what we do. Um, so uh, we had really bad wind maybe a couple of months ago. And literally blew the gutter off the one side of my house, like just completely like blew it off and bent it and broke it. If you have if you have um, aluminum gutters, that can happen. So I went up there, come to find out I had some water damage. So I tore all that wood off, put some new wood up, put uh, the flashing and stuff back up, bought some uh, gutters to replace them, but they're still sitting in my garage. So. <laughs> And while that's sitting in my garage, yesterday I decided I was going to start tearing out my bathroom. So, 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 have you ever been sidetracked? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go start working on that, that thing today after church. And then Pastor Joey was like, are we going to 
uh, low rider, say sidetracked. <laughs> like, like <laughs> sidetracked, right? I mean, it's so easy for us to get sidetracked. I, I, you know, I have lots of things. I've been sidetracked, and I'm still being sidetracked. Uh, maybe there's unfinished things that you've been sidetracked, or maybe you've put on a shelf uh, for uh, a season. And uh, maybe you've been sidetracked in conversations. Maybe you've been sidetracked at your workplace. But we want to kind of talk about, uh, in a spiritual sense, uh, that we can actually even be sidetracked in our spiritual walk. And so in our faith, go ahead and put the next slide up. In our faith, we can sometimes lose focus on what really matters and give attention to the things that really don't matter. Say sidetracked. We put our focus and our attention on this thing, but it's really, doesn't really matter, right? It seems to me like the older you get, the more you start valuing things that matter, and you start putting more focus on those things, and less focus on things that you realize. You know, the older I get, I realize I gave a lot of energy to certain things that I was really passionate about and really wasn't, didn't, it really didn't matter, really didn't make a difference. And so, uh, you know, we find that uh, people can get sidetracked even in church. Church people can even debate over carpet color and church attire and decorations and all these different things to the point where uh, there's this guy who wrote an article on the 25, check this out, uh, 25 um, silly things church members fight over. You want to hear them? Okay, so and this is in no specific order, but these are 25 things that, that uh, when he did this little poll, these are things that people fought over. Uh, one, argue over the appropriate length of the worship pastor's beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. some of this stuff, I was laughing, it's crazy. Two, fight over whether or not to build a children's playground or to use the land for a cemetery. <laughs> Let the kids play. <laughs> Let them play on the tombstones. Let's go. <laughs> Number three, a deacon accused another deacon of uh, sending an anonymous letter, decided to settle the matter in the parking lot. Yeah. I'll talk to you in the parking lot. Wow. Number four, a church dispute over whether or not to install restroom stall dividers in the women's restroom. Shouldn't be a dispute. Yes. <laughs> that is a necessary thing. Yes. I mean, unless you just enjoy conversating with the lady sitting next to you while you're taking care of yourself. <laughs> it's fellowship. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. oh, number... Number, number six, a 45-minute heated argument over the type of filing cabinet to purchase. Black or brown, two, three, or four drawers. 45 minutes? Okay. Number seven, a fight over which picture of Jesus to put in the foyer. <laughs> number eight, a petition to have all church staff clean-shaven. Nope. Nope. Nope, you don't want to see me without facial hair. My wife says I'm ugly without facial hair. 
She used those words. Yeah, she did. She said, ugh. When I did it one time, she was like, ugh. Tell me, what does that mean? She said I was ugly. <laughs> Been hair on my face ever since. Number, number 10. A big church argued over the discovery that the church budget was off 10 cents. Someone finally gave a dime to settle the issue. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Number 11, a dispute in the church because the Lord's Supper had crayon slash grape juice instead of grape juice. All right. Okay. The Lord's Supper can't have crayon slash grape. Okay. Number 12, business meeting. I know this is stuff. I mean, it's real stuff. This guy like recorded like real events that people put. They're so, so ridiculous. Some of them. Wait, there was a few of them. I laughed out loud. I'm like, oh my gosh. Number 12, business meeting argued about whether the church should purchase a weed eater or not. Meat eating adjourned. Yes, I'm the weed eater. <laughs> it took two business meetings to resolve this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Number 13, argue over what type of green beans a church at, to serve a church. Oh, what kind? Number 14, two different churches reported fights over the type of coffee. And uh, one of the churches, they moved from Folgers to a stronger Starbucks brand. And another of the church, they simply moved to a stronger blend. Members left the church in the later example. Bring your own coffee. Can we just thank Sarah for giving us coffee this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Don't argue with her. <laughs> Number 16. An argument on whether the church should allow deviled eggs at the church meal. <laughs> Eat those deviled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> number 17 an argument over uh who has the authority to buy postage stamps in the church oh my gosh number 18 this is real stuff y'all 18 a disagreement over the use of the term potluck instead of pot blessing <laughs> i'm about to cry that's so stupid <laughs> oh my gosh pot blessing my gosh. To me, it's not that term that, it's not the term that's bad. It's like, to me, potluck just seems like it's sus. Like, really? Like, what are people going to bring? I mean, it's like, really? It's, I'm about to bring potluck. <laughs> You're going to be lucky to eat it. Number 19. A church member was chastened because she brought vanilla syrup to the coffee server. It looked too much like liquor. Ooh. Number 20, an argument in church over who had access to the copy machine. <laughs> That's true. Man, we've seen that argument. Dude, we were, uh, oh, shut up. <laughs> we've seen that one. That's right. They put codes on it. Only certain people could use it. Anyways, number, <laughs> tell them the truth. Number 21. Just keep my mouth shut. Number 21, some church members left the church because one church member hit the vacuum cleaner from them. Resulted in a major fight and split. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, guess what? At South Toledo, we hide the garbage bags. <laughs> we do. We hide the garbage bags. Number 22, an argument over whether to have gluten-free communion bread or not. Okay, number 23, a few more. 23, dispute over whether the church should allow people to wear black shirts since black is the color of the devil. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Number 24, a fight over whether or not 
to sing happy birthday each week. <laughs> Every week? Like, okay. And then 25, an argument over whether the fake dusty plant should be removed from the podium. Yes! Yes! There's, get rid of those nasty, stinking, fake, dusty plants. That is so 1990s. Get rid of this stuff. Say sidetracked. Because what is the job of the church? For fellowship, to, to, to extol and worship God, you know, and to be salt and light to the earth. Not to argue over dumb stuff. We can get sidetracked, people. Say sidetracked one more time. Sidetracked. We get sidetracked. I like that. <laughs> so anyways, friends, you know, uh, it's important matter because, um, you know, we just have to stay on course. And I need to get back to my notes here. All right. There are, some, there are some great distractions from the Great Commission. Great distractions from the Great Commission. You know, an important matter is for us to share our faith. A sidetracked is getting into a debate over spiritual posts on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. An important matter is to take time to read the Bible, right? That's, we should do that, right? Sidetracked is if you're on your phone, you get those notifications, and all of a sudden you find yourself 45 minutes on Facebook. Been there. Been there. You know, an important matter is, you know, to make time to grow spiritually through prayer. You know, read inspirational books. Sidetracked is, you know, you get, you know, flip two hours through TikTok. An important matter is maybe you told your spouse or your child that you were going to spend time with them. You got sidetracked. You started working on the yard for two hours. Two hours turned to three hours. Three hours turned to four. Right? I mean, we, can, we sometimes can get sidetracked over things that actually probably matter more. The definition of sidetracked is to cause someone to be distracted from an, for, uh, from an immediate or important issue. Say distracted. We have so many distractions, don't we, friends? So many distractions. How many of us know that there is a real enemy, the devil, right? He's real. God is real. The devil's real. Angels and demons are real. And it tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that the thief, say thief, right? It's, that's, that's the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come. That they may have life and have it to the full. Another translation would say to have it more abundantly. So the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus, this is quoting Jesus. He says, I have come. That we might have, right? The church, the body of Christ, people who love him. Might have life and a full life. Isn't that amazing? God doesn't want us to, to, to have a, a half-lived uh, life. A, a, a life that's, you know, not... Uh, abundant and full of joy and peace and just be great. I mean, that's, I mean, friends, if you, if that's, if you're living out your Christian walk and it is drudgery, you have not really met Christ. <laughs> what you found is religion. What you found is tradition. What you need to find is Jesus. I was uh, uh, talking with, with uh, uh, an incredible lady uh, who she uh, served at our, uh, at our kids camp. And uh, she was one of uh, uh, one of the, I don't know what they called room leaders or whatever. And uh, she was just telling me her story on how uh, for years 
she would come to church and try to do the right things. And then she would do that for a short, pe- for a short season. And then she'd just go back to, you know, doing, you know, doing her thing. Which, you know, usually she's smoking weed and drinking and all that stuff and party life. And then she'd come to church, try to get her life together. And she'd do that for a little while. And then go back to smoking and doing all that stuff and partying and all that stuff. And then, uh, so, and then, so she's been, she said, this is the most consistent I've been. I said, well, how long has it been? I said, and she said, three years. I said, well, what was, what, what changed? She said, I actually have an intimate relationship with Jesus this time where I didn't before. Wow. She met with Jesus. It wasn't doing all of the works, trying to look good, trying to fix her own life, trying to get herself. No, she met with Jesus. And friends, when you meet with Jesus, Jesus wants to give us a full life. Amen. Amen. I recently heard a preacher once say this. He said this. He said, the devil works hard, right? I mean, he's, he's at work, right? Um, and if he realizes that he cannot destroy you, then he would just distract you. We see that in the life of Samson, right? Isn't that what happened in the life of Samson? The enemy came out. They tried to destroy him over and over and over again, but they couldn't, man. He was too strong. So what they do? They sent good old Delilah. And what is she, man? She was a distraction from hell. (laughs) And what did she do? She kept, you know, he was called to be a judge. He was called to rescue Israel. And so she came along and it actually kept him from fulfilling what he was supposed to do. She was a distraction. How many of us know that, friends, that in our life, in this world, especially in America, everything is fighting for our attention? I'm going to put the next thing there. And so everything is fighting for our attention. Everything, right? I mean, think of this. I mean, you know, check this out. This is, this is a scary statistic. You know, they, they're, they're estimating now that, that there are just as many uh, vehicle uh, deaths because of distraction, because of people looking at their phones, than there are as much of, of drunk drivers now. Because you're distracted. You're looking at your phone and then... You veer off, whatever, you lose control, and then, and it's, and, and when you're driving, I don't know about you, but I have this tendency, I want to look at like every billboard when I'm driving. I'm like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? And maybe, maybe your life sometimes feels like this, where you're just trying to get to a, de- a destination and everything is pulling for your attention. I mean, think of this, think about 15 years ago before smartphones, your life was better. In a lot of ways. Not in every way. You got lost a lot more. But your life was better in a lot of ways. Because you actually had what was called quiet time. And now with this little thing attached to our hip. And if you haven't turned off notifications. This thing will go off non-stop for your attention. You know, every single social media platform, every single game that you're playing, every person that you're texting and contacting, every news feed that you have. I mean, this thing, for me personally, is nonstop. I mean, since, since, we've, since, since I've been preaching here, uh, I, oh, I, I just eliminated, I eliminated all my uh, bar notifications up top. I don't know if you have an Android or, or how it works with iPhone, but it literally pops up on the top of my screen. You know, news feeds, this person doing this, this stuff, and it's nonstop. And so, so what happens is we can find ourselves being distracted from the things that really matter. 
Not that, again, not that the phone's a bad thing, right? I'm not like saying, everybody, we're marching out and going to throw our phone into the quarry. Yeah, let's go. That's dumb, right? It's a tool, right? This thing is a tool. It's a tool, okay? From billboards to commercials, flashy lights, eye-catching advertisements, pop-ups, clickbait, you know, top five of this, the top ten trend of that. Look at these before that, you know, uh, uh, fighting for our attention, fighting for, for all, everything, trying to make us subordinate to all of it. And this is the thing. Um, friends, we just, I'm, I'm easily distracted. How many people can, can in here say they're easily distracted? Raise your hand. So this applies to everybody. Check this out. Listen to this. Listen very carefully. While I was preparing this message... I was thinking about my bathroom and I was on right in the middle of doing this. I decided to jump on the Home Depot on my phone and look at the price of this and look at the price of that and compare this and compare that. And I'm like, distraction right in the middle. I'm preaching a message about distraction, <laughs> right? Because it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, my bathroom's going to, it's, it's in need of work, right? I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be doing that. But I needed time to get this together and, and distraction and sidelined and all. And so just, it happens, right? I mean, that happens to me all the time. And so it's just crazy. So this is the thing. Again, this phone is a tool, but it can make you a tool. <laughs> Don't be a tool to your tool. <laughs> Don't let this thing Run your life. Say this. Say, in the name of Jesus. Come on, say this with me. Say, my phone is not my master. Now smash it on the ground. No, don't do that. <laughs> Smashing idols. No, just kidding. Just joking. <laughs> they did in the Old Testament. No. Um. <laughs> you want to know how bad this thing has you? You want to know how bad? <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. She's like, no, I don't. <laughs> see, I was going to say, see if you could take this bad boy, put it on silent after church and put it in a drawer, or put it on charger or put it on your desk for the rest of the day and see if you could do that for the rest of the day. I see people twitching right now, looking at me, their eyes like twitching. It just be talking about it. <laughs> Just go, I'm just saying, you know, just for example, I'm not saying, I'm, I've, I've come to the part where I've had times where I've left this thing at home on accident, and I loved it. I did. I loved it. So, something to think about, just, <laughs> when you walk out the door, you're going to be going like this. <laughs> Don't listen to what he's saying to you. He's talking about bad about you. It's okay. <laughs> He didn't mean any of those nasty words, that bad guy. <laughs> Shh, you're like plugging in tears. Shh, don't listen. <laughs> don't listen to what he has to say. Crazy, right? It's crazy. You want to know how crazy hold it has on your kids? You don't need to spank anymore. Just take their phone away. <laughs> I could get my kids to do anything. Just say, I'll take your phone. They'll do anything. Don't do anything. I'm going to take your phone. Okay. Then they do it. It works. It's amazing. Let's continue on here. Okay. All right. So 
Sidetracked. How do we get back on track? Right? How do we get back on track? Well, number one, friends, number one, go ahead, go here next. We have to recognize there's a problem. Recognize that you have a problem. Right? I can say, hi, I'm Josh Hester. I'm a sidetrackaholic. <laughs> hi, Josh Hester. It's nice to meet you. Right? I'm a sidetrackaholic. I get sidetracked over and over. I can't help myself. Right? Sometimes we just really need to take a minute, take a step back and see what's really going on in our life. It says in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, it says, And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And I think that's what needs to happen. If we find that there are important issues, right? Let's get back on the important, right? Important issues, spiritual, you know, our, our spiritual walk, you know, our faith journey, you know, our, you know, being the parent God's called us to be, being the husband and wife God's, you know, being the spiritual leader, all these things. If we find that, that we have uh, some of those things that we're called to are being sidetracked, then we need to say, Lord, open our eyes that we can see that. And we need to recognize that we have a problem. I think one of the things that maybe cause us to not recognize that there's a problem is fear. Maybe you're afraid you're not measuring up. Maybe you're afraid that people are going to judge you. Maybe you're afraid that um, you don't know how to do it. I, th I would say one of the greatest challenges when I'm, when I'm confronting something is the fear of, I don't know how to do this. I remember when my wife first got pregnant back in 20, 2002, uh, no. uh, 2000, 2003. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Other people know what they're doing. I remember when she got pregnant and I remember praying and being scared to death. And this was, this was, this was words that came out of my mouth. God, I don't know how to do this. And look at them. Look how screwed up they are now. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. They're great kids. <laughs> oh. Recognize there's a problem. Recognize Pastor Josh has a problem. Get this, get this guy out of here. I know. Those are the guys. Lord, open this. Open our eyes, right? Second uh, Kings chapter six, verse seventeen. Elijah prayed, "Lord, open the servant's eyes." Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Friends, this is the thing: the Lord can open our eyes and just remind us He's for us and He's got provision for us if we feel like we're we're short on something. Huh. Elisha at the time was being surrounded by the enemy. And his servant was like, we're going to die. And he said, Lord, open his eyes. And he saw that there was more that was for him that, that, than those that were against him. And in the same context, friends, we need to recognize if we have an issue, if we're being sidetracked in, on, on important uh, issues of our life, that the Lord has provisions for us, he has resources for us, and he is with us and for us. Yeah. That's his word. Number one, friends, recognize we have a, number, we have a problem. And then number two, this is the hard one. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, nobody likes that word. Self-discipline. Implement self-discipline. I wish it was just like a, you know, magic kit or something. You just fix, easy fix, like microwave, fix. But it's not. Self-discipline is the hardest thing in our walk. It is. It's the hardest thing. The hardest thing. I, uh, I was saying this uh, in one of our Bible studies. 
and I've said this forever, it's fun saying yes to Jesus, right? We're over here, we're, we're going to the left, we're going to the right, we're dancing. It's the fun part. That's the good part. It's hard saying no to ourselves. Self-discipline is not just saying yes to Jesus, it's saying no to the selfish, sinful nature. That's self-discipline. So one of the ways of getting back on track is we have to implement self-discipline. And you've got to figure out what works for you. Because what works for Josh Hester might not work for you. And what works for you might not work for your brother or your sister. And so you need to find out, you know, what works for you. You know, maybe, uh, what is it, is there anything in my life that maybe that can help eliminate some distractions in my life? Um, uh, are there things where maybe I just need to actually start giving more attention to these areas in my life? For example, uh, Josh Hester, Josh Hester had to delete TikTok off his phone because he would find himself being there for three and four hours a day. It's some funny stuff. I miss it. I sometimes have withdrawals. I'm like, TikTok. <laughs> Lindsay still sends me TikTok. He's, he's like, he's like, look at this funny stuff. Look at this funny stuff. That stuff is hilarious. So funny. I'm like, man, who knew the world was full of so many funny people? Yeah. So for, for Josh Hester, I had to eliminate that for me. That's for me. Okay. But maybe there, is there something in your life that you're giving a bunch of access attention to that's really fruitless? Just, just a thought. Just a thought. Okay. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is the cool thing about self-discipline. Even though we don't like it, even though it's hard for us, the Lord is giving us provision for that. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for the Spirit of God give uh, the Spirit, for the Spirit God gave us, talk right, Josh, <laughs> For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So you don't have to create in yourself the ability to have self-discipline. The Spirit of the Lord being active in your life will actually give you the resource and help you to have self-discipline. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because we're called to be men and women. The word disciple actually has the word discipline in it. And that's what it is. It's, it's when you actually keep yourself from certain things. Ooh, we were all having fun. Now it got quiet. Figure out what works for you. What is, are there areas in your life that you need self-discipline? That you need to eliminate? You need to or um, limit? Time limit? Maybe put a time limit on it. Maybe you don't need to eliminate it. You just need to rein it in a little bit. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. says this. This is Paul. He says, No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. I strike a, a blow to my body. He, what is that? Self-discipline. Say self-discipline. We don't want to be mastered by anything. We want the Lord Jesus Christ to be the master of our life. We do not want our flesh or any tool or any of these incredible blessings that we have in our life become a distraction that it actually keeps us from what we're called to do. That's what he says. He's preaching to others. He gets disqualified because he allowed this area in his life. So number one, friends, recognize there's a problem. Number two, implement discipline. Ouch, nobody likes that. And number three. 
got to keep the important things at the forefront. Just continually being reminded that these are what are important. If you ask any person at the end of their life what they wish they could have done better, none of them will say, I wish I would have made more money. None of them would have said, I wish I would have put in more hours at work. None of them would say, I wish I, wish I would have treated more people like crap. Right? Nobody actually says that. Usually what people say is they, they'll say stuff like, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have said I love you more. I wish, and they're all things that have to do with, with, with family and with things that actually mean something. And so we have to keep the important things at the forefront or we will be sidetracked. Our most important stuff needs to be continually on the front of our hearts and our minds. And that's why it says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about these things. These, keep these at the forefront of your mind. Keep these at the forefront of your heart. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, the very first uh, part of this is I uh, got it highlighted because this is what I have to continually do is fix my eyes on Jesus. Right? I don't want to fix my eyes on the latest debate. I don't want to fix my eyes on, on uh, the latest headline from Washington. I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of my faith for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, And this is why uh, the Lord said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is our, our last uh, final verses here, and then we're going to close. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, and then we're going to read verse 12. Uh, it says this, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. That is the most absolute, important thing of our life. If you want to keep something at the forefront of your life, if you are a follower of Christ, this is number one. Your spouse can't be number one. Your children can't be number one. Your job can't be number one. This has to be number one. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Friends, if we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, then friends, he will give us the ability to have good relations with our spouse, good relations with our children, you know, uh, 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 working relationships with our people uh, at our career or our job place. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Next verse, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frame of your houses and your gates. Why would he say to do all of these things? Because of verse 12, verse 12. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. Put that last verse up there, buddy. Verse 12. We have to keep the Lord at the forefront of our hearts. We got to keep the things of God at the forefront because if not, he gave this command to his people that they would forget. Say sidetracked. There's an instruction in the book of Deuteronomy where he tells, he tells them, he says, Do not say, for my own hands have built this great wealth for me. 
says, remember, it was the Lord who gave you the strength to build that great wealth for yourself. And it's just so easy for us to be distracted. All the way, you know, thousands of years ago, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, God knew and he told, he told the, uh, the Hebrews in Deuteronomy chapter 6, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Because he knew we'd forget. We'll forget what he did for us. We'll forget. And so, friends, that's why we have to, Philippians chapter 4, remember Honoring what's praiseworthy. Remember where he's brought you. Remember what he's doing in your life. Remember the Lord. Remember how he's always been with you. And that we don't forget. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Lord, you are good. And you are faithful. And you are amazing. And you've been so good to us. You've been so good to us, Lord. And Lord, when we gather together in your name... It's, it's twofold. It's one, it's because we just want to collectively let you know that we're so grateful. But also, it's a reminder of our need for you, God. Coming and joining together is a reminder of our frailty, of our great need for you. We sang that earlier. All I need is you, Lord. And I pray, God, that we would be in a place that we would share our heartfelt need for you in every area of our life, God. Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Would you fill each and every one of our lives fresh again today? If you are in need right where you're sitting, so beautiful, God's going to meet us right where we are, right where you're sitting. Just tell the Lord what you need. This is the time right here. We're creating a space. We're creating an altar for you to come before the Lord. Maybe there's some things you need to just confess. The Bible says if we confess out of our mouth, we confess and prayer will be forgiven. Actually, says confess our faults one to another. Pray for one another that we'll be healed. Our sins will be forgiven. So maybe there's some things you just need to confess before the Lord right here. Lord, we just thank you, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you for bringing things at our forefront that we need to set aside and God putting our attention and our affection on the things that matter most. Jesus, thank you, Father. Not that we can't have fun and have a good time and all those things, but Lord, we just want to keep the main thing, the main thing. God, and we pray for all those churches that we read about, God, who are fighting over so many meaningless things. Lord, we want to be a church that represents you well that is a representation of Christ here on earth. And Lord, we don't need to get caught up in petty and foolish arguments and debates. So Lord, guard our hearts from these things. Guard our hearts from selfishness. As the body of Christ, in the name of Jesus, guard us from our selfish, sinful nature. <laughs> Where we have to be seen and we have to be heard and, 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 and our opinion matters. Lord, we lay all that down. We lay that down and we just humble ourselves before you today. And I just bless this amazing group of people in the name of Jesus. God bless marriages right now. God bless relationships right now. God strengthen each and every one of our hearts so that we can serve you every single day until we breathe our last breath, that we're not getting sidetracked, that we won't uh, fall on the wayside. 
Lord, I pray your grace to be upon our lives to continue to say yes to you every day. In the name of Jesus, because that's the ultimate goal, saying yes to God. So we breathe our last before we meet him. And may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. May he give you peace. In Jesus' name. Actually, I have another blessing I want to pray over you. I was talking about this on Wednesday. Thursday. What's wrong with me? Sidetracked. There's this amazing uh, prayer. It's found in Ephesians 3. I want to read that and then we'll close or we'll let you go. And uh, this is a powerful uh, prayer. I was telling uh, I was telling our people at our Bible study, I said, I used to say this all the time at our South Little campus. I don't think I've really even prayed this prayer over our, our Waterville campus. So receive this blessing. This is the word of the Lord. So receive this. This is a prayer for spiritual strength. Just, just receive the blessing. As so you say, Lord, I receive this. Okay? Yeah, amen. Okay. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened in your power through his spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, for all generations, forever and ever. Amen.